0: Welcome to the cutaways podcast i'm ashley yes she is aka xander's
1: mommy oh he's so happy right now <laughs> oh yes and i'm justine yes that's you i am also here in real life in real life physical bodies are here yeah unlike a lot of podcasts ashley and i actually physically get together to look each other in the eye <laughs> well sometimes <laughs> other times tr- it's difficult <laughs> Stare each other down, talk about romantic comedies. And we pet puppies.
0: And we pet puppies. We also look at puppies on the internet. That is one of our pastimes. True story. I am so excited when we get to watch Must Love Dogs because then our like our interests will converge into a romantic comedy. Puppies and John Cusack. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful world. We don't just talk
0: about puppies. We also talk about romantic comedies, <laughs> which is our the central focus of our podcast. Um, we do this every week. Mm-hmm. Every week, even on holidays. Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! What do you want to be for Halloween? Well, Xander is going to be Alexander Hamilton, <laughs> which I am so excited about. I am like going to go and get the fabric soon. Nice i told sam that he had to be lafayette and he did the thing he did it he did it and i was so happy i was just like that's what you have to do every time you enter a room
1: lafayette i want to be thor
0: oh like chris hemsworth Thor? yeah we all could be chris hemsworth and that would be
1: lovely (laughs) i just want a cape
0: (laughs) (laughs) no but yeah we, we mostly talk about romantic comedies i swear yeah. I swear I swear up and down. That's what the majority of our podcast is.
1: Yeah, and we watch them in chronological order, but today we're deviating from said order to bring you a flashback. We're flashing back to the year nineteen eighty eight. Ooh. And we're watching Working Girl. Working Girl. Work. 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 <laughs> what is the sign? It's
0: like work, 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 work. Show it work, 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 work. I just know oh. it because of the pig, the little piggy that twerks. That's itching what? his butt. It's a little piggy. Okay, it's like a little what? teacup piglet, and it's like happy because it's itching its butt against a table, like a yeah. hard edge of a table. And so somebody synced it. It makes it looks like he's twerking. Uh. And so somebody uh, synced it with Rihanna's work song. I'm gonna post it on the Twitter right
1: now. Okay, so here is the description from netflix for working girl okay hit me up tess mcgill an ambitious secretary at a brokerage firm discovers that her boss has stolen her idea for saving a client sounds boring really i read that and i was like dude i want movies like that all the time secretary revenge plots i don't know what this movie's about (laughs) I
0: mean, yeah, secretary revenge plots sound better than what this description
1: sounds. (laughs) And at some point, someone falls in love. Of course, someone always
0: falls in love.
1: That's the type of movie we're watching. Yep. Okay, you gotta hear who's in this movie. I'm so excited for who's in this movie. Harrison Ford. Han Solo himself. Sigourney Weaver, who we first saw in Annie Hall. Do you remember yeah, she was, like, a baby. Yeah, she was just, like, Woody Allen's date, just, like, standing yeah. in line. Yeah. That was and we're just like, what?
0: what? Run. Run
1: fast. Run Ripley, now. go
0: kill the aliens! Get out!
1: Um, And Melanie Griffith. I like Melanie Griffith. This is directed by Mike Nichols, who directed The Graduate. Oh, so we're going to have long, panning shots? I hope so. You know, Mike Nichols was like BFFs with Nora Ephron. I did not know that. I learned this in uh, Nora Ephron's documentary that like pretty much she was like, I got to watch you direct Mike Nichols. I liked what you do because he directed two of her films that she wrote, I believe. And then he's like, no, girl, you should direct. Oh, good for her. Or good for him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Good for all the genders. (laughs) He, he, I feel like he tells a lot of women's stories and stuff and it's just supporting of women. I find that. I don't know. I don't know the guy. You don't know the guy? I watched one documentary. What do you know? <laughs> what do I know? I know nothing. This movie was edited by Sam Osteen, who also edited The Graduate. And it was also a pretty pre- prestigious editor. He edited Chinatown, Rosemary's Baby, Cool Hand Luke. Like, crazy! So, the assistant editors on this are Chris Cole and Richard Nord. All men. All dudes. It's rated R. It's one hour and 53 minutes and rated three stars. Same uh, same time and uh, rating as... Uh, what's the last movie we watched? Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy. There are so many awards for me to read right now. At the 1990 BAFTA award... Nominated for Best Supporting Actress was Sigourney Weaver, and nominated for Best Actress was Melanie Griffith. At the 1989 Golden Globe Awards, it won Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. Oh, good for them. And it won Best Actress in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. Melanie Griffith won that. Get it, girl. And Sigourney Weaver won Best Supporting Actress in a Motion Picture sigourney wins all the awards uh and our director was nominated for best director did not win it's okay at the uh 1989 academy awards it won best music song and uh mike nichols was nominated again for best director it was nominated for best picture sigourney was nominated for best supporting actress melanie was nominated for best actress and Joan Cusack was nominated for Best Supporting Actress as well. Interesting, we got a Cusack in this.
0: Yeah, well, and isn't it? It's rare for a movie to have two Best Supporting Actress nominees.
1: They don't like doing that. No, it they don't. Pits them against each other. Yeah, they don't like doing that. In fact, they they've done some shady things recently where they've bumped people up into categories or lowered people down into other categories just so that they could have a good, even spread. Yes. It's not as it's kind of shady dealings. Oh, the Academy is always shady. That's working, girl. (laughs) Work. Yep, work. We should go watch it. I think it's going to be good. I'm slightly excited to see
0: Harrison Ford in something other than Star Wars and Indiana Jones. We've already seen a movie with uh, Princess Leia in it. Yes. And so now it's
1: time for a Han Solo movie. When they're not saving the galaxy... Far, far away. They're stealing hearts. hmm That's what happens.
0: <laughs> that was Millie the Piggy dancing to work by Rihanna. Everyone should
1: see that. Work work, 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 working girl, <laughs> yeah. So we needed updated, updated. They needed some updated soundtrack material. Yeah, need updated, a few things. But man, the story holds strong. Yes, and Harrison Ford <laughs> always holds up, and Sigourney Weaver is always a vicious bitch. She's the boss bitch. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I feel like that is like not the first time we've seen her be a vicious bitch i mean she wasn't like on point with miranda from the devil wears prada like no one can touch meryl as Mm -hmm. being boss bitch number one no because she was like
1: this angel bitch yeah she's like i'm your friend but i'm really a bitch she's like victim blaming bitch yeah (laughs) or plays the victim bitch so i i Halfway through the movie I shouted out something but then at the end I pieced it all together I figured out what this movie is. Oh yeah. You remember when they're at the bar and she forgets her her purse and yes. and Harrison Ford has her purse and is like come back. Yes, she's like Cinderella. Cinderella. It is Cinderella. That is the movie. Oh whoa. <laughs> yeah,
0: it it's like Stockbroker Cinderella. Yes, stockbroker Cinderella. Well, I mean, Cinderella would be from Jersey.
1: Yes, Cinderella would be from Jersey. (laughs)
0: Like, for some reason, that makes total sense to me. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My mind is, like, gone now. (laughs) It exploded into a thousand tiny little pieces, and I have to pick it back up. Because, like, yeah, and then she has the three, like, evil people... Keeping her away from the prince, Mm-hmm. and she gets a makeover. Yeah, her fairy godmother is her best friend Joan Cusack. It's Joan Cusack. I like
1: it's not over
0: the top though. Yeah, it's not like uh, a Cinderella story with Hilary Duff where it's like, yeah, you, you, she's definitely Cinderella. They're definitely doing the whole shoe thing, but it's her cell phone. No, it's very subtle. Mm-hmm adult cinderella Mm-hmm with sexy time with harrison ford
1: <laughs> with lots of awkward 80s women's lingerie and porn and hair so much hair so too much, much hair. hair it's jersey that's how they wear their hair in jersey too much hairspray The jersey girls okay so let's talk about our first impressions of the movie i liked parts of it other parts were very slow, and
0: Melanie Griffith pretending to be Marilyn Monroe was a little annoying. Hey, she was on coke. Yeah, no, I know. I, I like after the fact. Now that I know that, I'm like, I can't be that mad at her. Yeah, but at the same time, it just uh, wanted her to like speak like a normal human.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. The movie was really cheesy. Like yes. the cheese factor was way up. But I found that endearing. Parts of it were like genuine. This is a movie about breaking the glass ceiling. Is it though?
0: Isn't it? I would say like it's bare bonesy-ish. Mhm. But she's breaking breaking things for herself. Right. For me like breaking the glass ceiling is about breaking the glass ceiling like for everyone. It's not about putting singular women in positions of power, kind of thing. That does that's just being like we are giving you an accomplishment and you are the it's breaking the glass ceiling for yourself is different than breaking the glass ceiling in general. For me, breaking the glass ceiling would be I'm coming through this, but I'm also
1: bringing everyone else with me. But you don't feel that her attitude towards her receptionist at the end shows that she wants to help others go forward? I would say yes, but also no, because
0: it's just too subtle for me. I didn't get that, like, you would have had to say that Mm -hmm. for me to get that impression. It doesn't
1: necessarily come off correctly. Well, I feel like probably back in the 80s, it was more singular and they did I want to say have to look out for themselves but they were much more alone in wanting or having the idea to go and be in the room you know yeah this I guess what I have a big problem
0: with is this movie was really at least leading up to the the climax of it was we're pitting women against one another. Yeah, I have
1: a problem with that too.
0: And in that whole stereotype started in the 80s and was like, oh, women can't work together because they'll just be catty and try to steal each other's ideas and only look out for themselves or they're just too bitchy with one another.
1: Yeah, I do think it's like a new, a part of the new wave ideals to not only strengthen yourself but raise up other women around you because we have been raised to you know tear down the other women because we do see it in pop culture a lot that and
0: it's it was that whole idea of women are naturally predisposition predisposed to go up against one another because we're fighting to to get the man and we view that we we view jobs similar to how we view gaining romantic partners.
1: Well, also, I feel that women sometimes are put into that position. Like, you'll see in cases, say, like, in TV shows, or like, oh, we have to meet our minority quota. We have one woman. Like, we already yeah. have our one woman. Yeah, you know? we so, don't need other, like... Right. So, that pits women against each other as well.
0: Yes. And... Like, they're only going to make room for one. That's why I have a problem with, you know, creating diversity for diversity's sake. We should naturally have a, like, if, let's say, me as an editor, I want to bring in more assistant editors to work with me that are that are women. Not because they are women, but because I want to, you know, pay back or pay my dues to... um give give an outreach for, you know, like the editors who have pulled me on, like you giving me a job as an assistant for my first short film in Chicago. And, you know, that it's kind of like, okay, when I become an an editor, I want to do the same thing for Mm -hmm. another, you know, younger woman. But making like regulations for companies on diversity, it just creates this hiring for diversity sake. And then we pit We pit diversity against one another. We pit it against the norms Mm -hmm. and kind of thing where we shouldn't... I don't want to say we should be colorblind, but we shouldn't... We should be hiring on merit as well as... I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying... I'm just saying, like, it kind of annoys me that you're going to hire just the one woman and you're not going to look at
1: anybody. Right. It's like they're already pulling from their own pool and then they're just going, all right, and then I guess we'll look outside of our own pool for this one spot. Yeah. Whereas if they did scour more outside of their own pool, they would find the diversity there naturally because that's just how we exist in the world.
0: Yes. And I get the whole idea of forcing companies to, to be more diverse and that will create hiring methods that will not have to require this thing but i guess maybe we're just not we're not vocal enough like once we get there we're not we're almost afraid of losing that position or rocking the boat sort of thing maybe that we can't say oh you should hire this person or mm-hmm. you know you're looking for somebody oh here i have you know this other person or this one of my friends who's like really great or somebody that i've worked with who would do really well at this job or or something like that it's it's almost like it, naturally if you bring in the diversity, the diversity should then also bring in more yeah. in a sense. But instead the the companies kind of are like, oh, nope, we're already regulated. We're going to go
1: hire more white men. I, and what they don't know <laughs> is that us as women and those who are people of color know that they're not always going to get the chance. So that's why we put the names forward first it's cuz like you said like we were given the chance. It's just not something that always comes up. No. I think
0: as we become as it becomes more of a conversation piece, especially mm-hmm. within our industry and how, you know, the public sees that it's a problem in mm-hmm. the film industry and they do say things about it. Like it does drive certain things. You you do see Oscar so white? Yeah, you see Oscar so white. You see Annenberg studies. Oh, there's so much, so much that, you know, gets discussed about it. Where studios still are
1: not, like, they're giving the white man (laughs) the help. Well, we've discussed this before, but it's because everybody outside of their circle is viewed as a risk.
0: Yeah, and I don't quite understand why, like, taking a risk is that terrifying. Because studios have done it before and it has paid off really well for them.
1: Yeah, and if you're going to keep hiring so and so who made one movie to, you know, make Jurassic World and then like not hire the woman who has had like three successful on budget on time movies, you know, who got notoriety at Sundance, mm-hmm. Tribeca, Toronto, like all of these accolades that should Yeah, and nobody's knocking down her door yeah. to a uh, direct a feature. Yeah, there's something to be said about that. It's like, we can give all of these
0: examples, but it's not good enough. It's like saying, oh, we can't have
1: the... the... Right. We can shame Game of Thrones all we want for not having a female writer or director since season three and four, but we're still watching Game of Thrones. That's sad. They get you in, and then you kind
0: of have to continue. (laughs) Um... Like, I like to use the analogy of when the Sony hack happened about we can't do a Black Widow movie Mm. because this, this, and this, and they referenced Catwoman, which was like 2000. Dude. Early 2000s. Like, you cannot reference that now. The landscape is completely different. I have the
1: story related to this since yes, we're re- since we're watching all the Marvel movies for the first time, Drew and I. Yes, and I'm telling him what the movies are, and I was like, oh, and then we've got like these three Iron Man movies, and he's like, don't they all have a movie? I was like, no, 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 they don't all have movies. He's like, why not the? He he calls them like the chick and the other guy, but I know he's talking about <laughs> Black Widow and Hawkeye. He's like, yeah. where's her movie? And I'm like, they're not making a movie for her. He's yeah. like, why not? And I'm like. <laughs> Exactly. Why because <laughs> because of Catwoman, literally it was
0: Catwoman. It was Superwoman reference because they did that like way back in the eighties when yeah. Superman was big.
1: I'm like Superwoman. There yeah. has not been a recent. There's been recent Supergirl, which is good, right? I've I've watched the
0: pilot episode, which I didn't really find the pilot episode that it was too like. I'm a woman and I am a superhero. Look at me go and do my girl things. I know it's different. Like, they said that the pilot is very on the nose because... Why don't they look at the success of, like, Jessica Jones or something? I think it's... There's a lot of... There's been so much pushback, especially with Star Wars, Mm. um,
1: with Ray coming out. See, that's like J.J. Abrams. He's, He's a guy who went to the top... He got to the top by doing his thing, but then when he got there, he's like, I'm gonna tell these stories. Yes, and I'm gonna bring bring the women with me,
0: right Because you know, he's had basically he's like Quentin Tarantino, where he always had female editors. He brought them onto Star Wars, and then he created a, a female centric storyline for Star Wars, which you know is really nice because Star Wars is one of those things where it is not defined by gender. Equality is a very hard thing to discuss sometimes because for for the world and the industry to be fully equal, we would need, what, 200 years of women being the heads of everything. Yeah. So it's not about causing causing or forcing equality. It's about changing the mindset away from... Everything having to have, like, a man attached to it kind of thing. Where it's changing the mindset to where women can be in these powerful positions and it's
1: not given to them as an exception. They earned it. I think it's also important, even if women aren't in your specified field yet, don't make it impossible for them to enter. I have a story about this. Drew's taking his safety classes Mm -hmm. for Union, uh, which is cinematographers and camera whatever the class he was just in was all guys this teacher who they had in was a very old old guy probably had the same person i had who's been working forever and he made some sexist jokes and whatnot but there's no women there so it became it was okay yeah it was okay and stuff and he was saying there's no women in this field so it's okay if i just reference he in this sentence you know and I'm like, oh, that just totally goes with the, if you don't, if you can't see it, you can't be it, you can't, you just don't put it in your mindset.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just the way that the mind works. It's very subtle and you don't, I mean, it's, we have to deal with our own, like, bias of whatever. Like, I feel like I can't sometimes stand up for myself because then I'm going to lose my job. At least right now, it's, I am the only woman there so it gets to the point where oh i'm just gonna come off i'm gonna damage things down the line for another person Mm -hmm. or if i react this way if i react too emotional yeah i'm going to create this image in these guys minds and that's what my where my mind goes it's not like affecting it it affects me directly but i don't say anything because it's going to hurt The next person.
1: Right. Uh, Everybody should watch the Blue Collar Post Collective panel on YouTube about ageism in the industry. Um, They talked a lot about having a mentor and it being a lot more difficult as a freelancer if you don't have a mentor. And I definitely have felt that this year in like, this is like my little like burnout year. Mm -hmm. As I've thought about this uh, before even going to this panel of like, man, I remember when I had a mentor, you know, it was so much there's someone you could talk to and just guide you and help and you. And even ask questions, to. Mm-hmm. In this industry, we're definitely, we need each other.
0: Yeah. And I think it's becoming more of a a thing. Like, I'm part of MPEG, so uh, the Motion Picture Editors is killed, for those of you not in the know. Um, <laughs> they've actually done um, their, this is the first year that they did a diversity panel. Like, they're actually talking about, they're having a, a thing within the guild who uh, you can go to and ask, like, questions to, like, if you have a problem and you feel like, hey, this per this producer is treating me kind of shitty and I'm wondering if it's, you know, sexist or can you give me, like, advice. It kind of works as your, like, HR department for freelancers mm. kind of thing, which is really nice. You know, the Blue Collar Post Group is doing a lot of panels and stuff about, about these kinds of things. I liked the one, I really loved the one about mental health in the post industry because nobody wants to talk about mental health. Nobody wants to admit to it and I will freely admit that I go to therapy once a week and that it it, it benefits not only me, but it benefits the people around me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it helps with my job. Trying to reclaim stigmas mm-hmm. and try and turn them around and make them Not so much stigmas anymore, but make it a conversation, at least. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't talk about it, it's only going to get worse.
1: Okay, so let me bring it back to Working Girl. There's this quote that she says at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. Yep. Tess says, You can bend the rules plenty once you get to the top, but not while you're trying to get there. And if you're someone like me, you can't get there without bending the rules. I heard that quote and I was like, uh. it's very true. It's very honest, especially in today's workforce. Mm-hmm. I just like that line, someone like me. Like, she doesn't even say, like, if you're a woman, because I feel like also you could just plant yourself in there as a viewer of any.
0: Yeah, of any, of any
1: gender, minority. race,
0: minority. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we've got this movie about Tess working her way to the top, bending the rules. She's naked a lot in this movie. Yes, she is naked a lot in this movie. What? Why? Yeah, for a movie
0: about breaking the glass
1: ceiling, lots of sexy things happen. Yeah, but they were like awkward 80s sexy things which are not sexy. <laughs> I still don't understand why she was vacuuming in heels naked. Apparently, it was to not get her clothes dirty. What? I don't know, man. And I don't know why she would just wasn't wearing a bra in that case. Because she did apparently wear a bra when they shot it for television.
0: Yeah, what is I don't, I, that shot, like that whole particular little sequence just really bothered me. I'm like, there is, what?
1: Yeah, there's, yeah. There's also lots of garter belts. Yeah,
0: so many garter belts. Which I still don't quite understand the necessity of a garter
1: belt. Dude, I don't know. Because how do you go to the bathroom when you're wearing all that stuff?
0: How do you go? I still don't understand how women evolved to wear dresses. That was last week's debate. I know, but I don't know how. I really like men should be wearing like, why did women wear dresses? Why didn't the men who have the danglings Uh wear the dresses?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll look that up. Um, Working Girls by 20th Century Fox. It's directed by Mike Nichols as we discussed. Do you feel that the though the nakedness and all that shit was male gaze? Oh, for sure. A movie for the ladies. But, but for, for the, the men as well. For the men as well. Give them something to look at when we're exploring feminist ideals. Yeah. <laughs> nothing undercuts your feminist statement like wearing a garter belt and <laughs> nothing else.
0: yep that's my feelings exactly
1: (laughs) so working girls a little troubled that way
0: yeah i think it was just like the problem of the 80s of like
1: underplaying like feminism well 80s like we've said before is the whole she can have it all it was kind of like the beginnings of like Oh, they made a movie about Working Girl because it was a thing. Like, let's explore these women who, like, put on their sneakers and go and work at these offices. Let's do that. <laughs> so they gotta put on their heels and look good and get the coffee. Yeah,
0: I did like the aspect of the secretaries being a family kind of thing. And they will welcome you to... Yeah. There isn't this competition kind of thing between the secretaries. The I did like that aspect of it.
1: The old steno pool.
0: Yes. I liked how the first 35 minutes was very femme-centric. You did not have, like, your longest speaking man was her first boss that set her up with cokehead Kevin Kevin Spacey, Spacey,
1: who tried to basically rape her in the back of a limo. Hey, but he learned his lines that morning because he was a last-minute replacement. He did well. It was very weird seeing Kevin
0: Spacey He'd snort a whole bunch of coke, though. Yeah, his hair was awful, too.
1: Let's, we start this movie with a powerful female image. Yes. Statue of Liberty. We go to the ferry, and Tess is on the ferry because she's from Jersey, but she works in New York, much like my mom. This movie reminded me a lot of my mother.
0: <laughs> yes, Melanie Griffith was her hair inspiration. Yeah. Her hairspiration.
1: Yeah. And also my mom works in an environment very much like this, and she's the woman in a group of all men, and deciding and doing things, and she's been doing this all her life. Is your mom really Melanie Griffith? I think so. I'm like, (laughs) I want to be like, have you seen this movie? Because they made a movie about you, mom. (laughs) They made a movie about you without even realizing it. It's her birthday. Tess, happy birthday. She's 30. She's turning 30. Rom-com trope. (laughs) Why are they always 30 year old Because when you turn 30, you die inside, Ashley. Well, I got two more years. Tess goes to work. She's a secretary. She's got to answer the phone and whatnot. Uh, she's in like this stock markety place. Her boss is in the men's room, so she's got to go into the men's room to talk to him, be like, so and so's on the phone. It's very important. And then this guy asks her for toilet paper. This guy in the stall is like, yo, give me paper. I need paper. <laughs> He's very New York. Yeah. And she's very Jersey. Yeah. But oh, yeah, we learn in the beginning when she's talking with her friend. Joan Cusack. Joan Cusack that she's taking like dictation classes or she's taking voice to, lessons. To get rid of her accent. Yeah. Is that a thing? Yes. Did people from Jersey really do that? Uh, maybe. I, a lot of people. I did that. You took dictation classes? No, but when I was in um voice, I, I was in that voice acting class at Columbia and I went up to the teacher the first day of school and I said, I'm from a place with an accent, you know, that's yes. what I want to work on. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> my accent is much stronger in my brain than it is in my... <laughs> I don't think you have an
0: accent. When you've gone home for a significant period of yes. time, it comes out. <laughs> But yeah, people do that. Or when you're talking to your mother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tess is looking to be promoted in this... I don't know what, what it's called. It's some sort of promotion, though. She wants to be a broker, I think.
0: She doesn't want to be the secretary. She wants to be the actual person who, like, initiates deals.
1: Right. So she's asking her friends who work next to her. Uh, it's what's-his-face. Oliver Platt. Oliver Platt. And this other guy. And... They say, "Well, Bob's looking for a new assistant. Here's a lead. Go, go, follow that lead." And so then all like the ladies, the steno ladies, come yes. over. Happy birthday to you! And then they, con- the men, jokingly congratulate her. No, the men were like, "Oh, it's your birthday. We're not your real friends. <laughs> Fuck you.
0: All. You're well, thirty now." They, well, she did she did question his
1: like job lead mm-hmm.
0: thing like he had done this before where he just tries to set her up yeah she, with nasty men yeah as a joke and he's
1: like no no no, it's not like that it's not like that i swear but you can definitely tell that it is really like that but she's still gonna do it because tess is a damn hard worker she wants him her, her bacon she is like the hardest worker i've ever seen which i want to see more movies about hard-working ladies So she goes home. It's a surprise party. She's got a boyfriend. It's Alec Baldwin. Who looks really disgusting. And he buys her sexy lingerie. And she's just like, really, dear, this is nice and all. But can you buy me something I can wear outside the house? Please. Please. My feminist ideals. I would not have worn that.
0: I would have been like, you really bought me, like, Samuel. Really? (laughs) Really? you bought you bought me this yeah you you want me to wear this no and he, i don't even
1: know how to put this on sam like it, how it's not a gift for her it's a gift for him yes so then yeah we've got the scene with cocaine kevin spacey it was all a not good time because she's like so when we'll get to talk about the numbers and whatnot he's like oh yeah we're just gonna go back to the hotel Guys always give us a hotel to, you know. Here, let me put in this training tape, which is really porn. Yeah, gross porn. With a dude eating out a chick in a swimming pool. Yeah, it's kind of talented, though. Like, she was swimming. They were swimming. In... Oh, yeah, she was really floating. She was <laughs> She was doing, like, some sort of backstroke, and then he was just going to town on her. <laughs> he was,
0: she was monkey tea poling.
1: <laughs> what?
0: Monkey tea Whole. Oh. Cuz it's how you it's how you teach tiny children to do like mm. arm movements for on their back. So you, cuz you're not you don't teach children how to swing and flail their arms right off the back cuz then
1: someone would get an eye out or
0: possibly drown.
1: Mhm. So Kevin Spacey is a pig and at this point Tess is just really disappointed in s- having to sell herself to get ahead. I mean like that sell is the her option body in here. Yes. She doesn't want to, so she sprays uh champagne on him and just tells the driver, "Let me off here," which is just on the side of the road while it's raining. It's raining and it's or I thought it was like snowing. it was like maybe it was sleeting, it was very there was multiple points of wetness, and then she goes back to work, yeah, she goes back to work and she like programs the like digital ticker tape, and she types in David Lutz is a sleazy pimp and he has a tiny dick yeah so it goes all around the office and david it's the the the
0: like head secretary guy or whatever he's like in charge of her and -hmm. then she goes to the job agency the hr department i feel like it was it was placing her for another job it's how sam was in kansas he had, like, a recruiter mm-hmm. that recruited him, and then they would get a cut of your pay for a year. And then if you got hired on, they would get a bonus, and then you would get a big, huge raise. So it's like that. Like, she's, like, her job recruiter person. But they, like, are a company that is uh, connected to a whole bunch of other companies.
1: So uh, I thought, since this um job agent person was a woman, I thought she was going to be like, you can't do this again, but. Wink. Yeah. But she didn't. I was upset with that. It's a terrible thing you did. Wink. <laughs> it's a terrible thing you did, but everybody would do it in your position. But instead, she's just like, look, I'll transfer you to this other job, but don't mess it up because this is the last time. Tess. Can't help you out again, Tess. And Tess is like, I've had, I, she's like, I am 30 years old and I did five years of night school. I know I didn't go to Harvard or whatnot, but I have put in the hours. I I can do this job. I can do this, and I can do better than they can, and nobody will give me a chance. And that's her little mantra throughout mm-hmm. the thing. So she's got the new job. Lots of ladies in the deno pool, but they all get quiet when Sigourney Weaver shows up.
0: She's like Meryl.
1: Yeah. Her name's Catherine. She invites uh, Tess into her office to lay down the ground rules. And her ground rules is we are a team. You represent me, I represent you, we... we-
0: We help each other out. We help each other out. But she does it in, like, a very snarky way. like her boss bitch way. Yeah, her body language. I don't know if you kind of noticed this. Her body language is just... Sigourney did an amazing job. I love Sigourney in this. Just the simple, subtle body language, like, cue of, I'm gonna tell you this really sweet thing, but I'm really being vicious and heinous. Mm -hmm. Like, it was... Her voice was conveying one emotion and her body was just saying, no, she's evil. (laughs) Yep. Yep. She's going to hurt you, Melanie Griffith. Run.
1: So she was the evil queen, right? Or whatever. The evil stepmother. Yes. She was the evil stepmother. And the first thing she tells uh, Tess to do is change her look, pretty much. Yes. Simplify. Be more professional. No more Jersey. Get Get the Jersey out. The gaudy jewelry and the big, big hair and the multiple eyeshadow colors.
0: Put the jersey through the dry cleaning. (laughs) Just do it. Put it in a box and hide it somewhere. Mm -hmm. Which wouldn't that be like a
1: lawsuit today? Yeah, you can't tell somebody how they're supposed to dress. You can tell them a uniform.
0: Yeah. But like the way that she did it, I feel like is a lawsuit waiting to happen today.
1: Lots of stuff is a lawsuit today. So, later on that day, she gets, Tess gets called into Catherine's office to take notes on this party that's upcoming. And Tess suggests using dim sum instead of regular catering. And Catherine was like, that's a great idea. Keep on with the good ideas.
0: Yeah, let me own your ideas for myself.
1: So, there's the party and like Catherine is like taking her under her wing she is giving her advice like don't burn bridges don't do this don't do that but it's also it's like slave labor she's like okay now go get my coffee go walk my dog make sure that the like pick this up bathe me <laughs> treat me as if i was your child at the office tess presents this idea about this trask industries they're looking to get into media Mm-hmm. So she says, why not go into radio? Because it's something with killing two birds with one stone. They get the media, but it's also the FCC in China. I don't something. Oh, well,
0: so they're trying to get into broadcasting, but a company, uh, a partner in Japan, is trying to take over the company, trying to own the, the majority stock in the company. So to prevent this Japanese company from acquiring this American company, they're going to buy a radio station because there's an FCC law that prevents a radio station being owned by a foreign entity, which it is a legitimate law. Mm. I'm still surprised that they haven't done it with television because it prevents a foreign entity from subjugating or limiting information to the American public. So Tess's idea... Tessa's idea is to um, buy a radio station and give you a foundation in broadcasting, which will then make a television broadcaster more susceptible to being acquired by this company. So it prevents the foreign company from acquiring them because of the FCC law, and then it also gives the company, the CEO, what he wants. The jumpstart into the broadcasting. Yes.
1: It's a good idea. Catherine is impressed. She says, Leave your notes. I'll think it over. We'll. develop how to pitch it, you know? Yeah. But then um we talk about the ski trip. She's got these ski trip reservations. She's going to go on this trip first. And Katherine's like, I'm going to be seeing this man. This man I've been seeing for yeah. some time now. He wants to talk. I think he's going to pop up a big question. He said
0: he had something important to discuss with me. I'm sorry, But if a man tells you that he has something important to discuss with you, it is not going to be a proposal. Men like to be secretive about their proposals, and they don't talk about
1: it. Because they are very bad at keeping secrets, supposedly. (laughs) So Tess is like, what happened with the Trask idea? Did you think it over? And she's like, it was no good.
0: I ran it past some people. In our department, and they are saying that Trask is not interested in any type of radio acquisitions. Right. They only want TV. Basically, it means that she didn't do anything. Mm Mm-hmm. She's waiting. She's holding out on it.
1: So Catherine goes on the ski trip, and then right away, she gets into an accident and breaks her leg.
0: And she's going to be gone for five weeks.
1: So she tells Tess to do all the things for her. Just go through her apartment to make sure that the florist has let it. I don't know.
0: Yeah, because I guess the housekeeper is out of town and isn't going to be back. So she needs all these things done. Which, do you think she actually had a housekeeper that was out of town? Or do you think that she, like... Probably, because sh- she wasn't doing it herself before. True, but then, like, why, didn't, why did Tess stay there for so
1: long? I think it was just supposed to be a weekend ski trip. But yes. she couldn't move because of the leg. Yes. So Tess goes to Catherine's apartment and then like she starts becoming her. <laughs> yeah. She takes over her clothes, closet, changes her voice, squirts a little perfume, works out on her workout machines. Listens to her note tape things. Yeah. Because she also has to, like, cover the business while she's gone. She's supposed to have, like, all these meetings. She's either supposed to cancel them or go in her place. Yes. So, while she's listening to her notes, she realizes that Catherine has stolen her idea. Don't go through Tess. Don't go through Tess. So, uh, Tess goes home and she sees boyfriend Alec Baldwin banging another woman. Naked. Other woman naked. They're all naked. Everyone's Naked. Alec
0: Baldwin's like, uh, no class tonight. <laughs> Alec Baldwin has like dog hair on his <laughs> chest. He is he is like a dog. He is
1: fully covered everywhere. He's he's a mog. He's a mog. He's a man dog mog. He's his own best friend. Oh, of course he's like this isn't what it looks like as his junk is in another woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: what <laughs> Why didn't she get off of him? Well, because they couldn't show peen. But okay, but you could fix
1: that with a simple edit. No, I know. In the they said the forums say in the TV edit, all of the other woman's body is obscured by like the shoulder. They did like an OTS. Okay. So they coulda, they coulda had her hop off. I mean, like nobody in reality would just like sit there still, like oh. Like, fully exposed Uh, and penetrated. Yeah. Like, no. Having a conversation. Yeah,
0: why? (laughs) I'd be like, I'm going to the closet. (laughs) Bye. Peace out, bro. This
1: is all your fault. So then we get a little sad montage where she's just, like, staring out at the city. My sad life. She goes into work the next day with a conservative ponytail. Yeah, what was that about? She's sad. She wore a ponytail. She wasn't all full poof peacock, you know? (laughs) I like that. (laughs) High five for that one. I love it when movies do that with actors' hair. When they have a full hair... Oh, transition. yeah. Like, That's, like, one of my favorite things. Like,
0: with Patrick Dempsey in Can't Buy Me Love. Yeah.
1: Where they told the story through his hair. I, yes, the listeners know I love hair stories. Yes, I concur. <laughs> I am weak at the knees for hair stories. So, at work, with her conservative ponytail, calls up Jack and gets, like, her serious voice on. Because this is the thing. she, uh, Catherine was going to bring Jack in on this thing, so... Serious Tess is like, I'm going to bring in Jack on this thing. This guy Jack. This Jack fella. So, like, she does, she she becomes, like, the secretary and the boss, where she'd be like, hold for Tess McGill's office. And then she'd be like, hello, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Jack. I'm Tess McGill. I have a serious business proposition for you. All of the
0: business propositions. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's Harrison Ford. <laughs> Indy. Indiana Jones. Han Solo. We love him. I love him. I like him. I would just like walk up to old Harrison Ford and, and give him ha- a hug.
1: <laughs> I say something much different. <laughs> give him
0: a blowjob.
1: <laughs> I'm like, if you must, you must. I mean, I feel
0: like most of everyone <laughs> in America would understand. <laughs>
1: Where am I? Oh, yes. You're in Jersey. Tess has come up with this idea. She knows Jack is going to be at this party the night before their meeting, and she wants to meet him before to, I don't know, get to know him before they're having their business meeting. Because, like a true business today, if you do like a networking thing and you say like, hey, I love your shirt. Doctor Who, it's great. What's your favorite doctor? Yeah. (laughs) Instead of like, here's my business card. Give me a job get to know the person, you have a much better business relationship. Yes. So she's with Joan, Cynthia, in Catherine's apartment going through Catherine's was closet. Was this when her eyeshadow was terrifying? No. This is her eyeshadow was terrifying when she was playing her secretary. Oh, okay. This is when Tess is in her like sexy lingerie with her friend there, trying oh, to pick out her dress. Yes.
0: Trying to steal a dress from Catherine's closet.
1: Yeah. So she's got this strapless bra on, these weird looking underpants <laughs> that did not look comfortable. The like thong
0: situation, like it's, half thong?
1: Yeah, it's it's underwear that just is in the middle of your butt cheek. So it's like, what is that doing? It's not covering, but... It, it's not being supportive. Uh, it's this ugly V shape like everything was in the 80s.
0: Yeah, and it's all high-waisted.
1: Yeah. It's like what granny panties look like today, but less coverage. Yeah, they were sex granny panties. <laughs> sex granny panties. Uh, yeah, with their friend there just trying to pick out a dress and her...
0: Joan Cusack set, saw
1: saw Melanie Griffith
0: naked so much in this movie.
1: We all saw Melanie Griffith naked too much.
0: Yes, but I specifically felt really bad for Joan Cusack because she had to be in the legit room.
1: Yeah. So they pick out the $6,000 dress. And... Tess has uh, Cynthia give her a haircut. That was a terrifying haircut because she just like grabbed
0: hair and then grabbed scissors and didn't even like mm-hmm. brush or line everything
1: out. She just went. Whoop! She's all business hair now. Yes. Take, gotta gotta get the poof. Take me serious, hair. Poofy Bob. So we're at the party and right away Harrison Ford notices her. Like before she sees him, he's like, mine. Hello. Which we know he's in a relationship at this point. You are mine now. Mine, mine, mine. But Tess doesn't. Tess doesn't. We don't. He does. Yes. He goes over and gives her his pickup line. and He pretends not to be Jack because she's like, I'm here looking for Jack. So and so. And he's like, oh, he just left. Let us hang out and drink. I won't tell you my name or business or let's just drink these tequila shots. Get turned up. What did he say? He's like, I didn't know they let bad girls in here. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Harrison. Because she took an antihistamine, so she
0: was already having a nice little buzz. Yeah. And then she added like five shots of
1: tequila on top of that. And she was like, I have a head for business and a body for sin. sin. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> like, what? <laughs> Who talks like that? Remember these pickup lines, Ashley. Why would they help me in any way? I don't know cuz they're funny. I'll just go up to Sam. I've got a head for business and a body for sin. And he'll go, "I didn't know they let bad girls." <laughs> 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 Ew, it's like you're doing a porn. It is. <laughs> These are porn lines. <laughs> <They are. laughs> cuz even like the inflection was porny. Yep. Yeah. Like who talked? Who 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 addresses Who who do like
0: you? That? Who who <laughs> Well, Who
1: taught you talk? <laughs> She's been going to those classes in Jersey. <laughs> yeah. There's your problem. <laughs> Today on our vocal exercise, <laughs> we talk about
0: pornography and how to get a man into bed. How to get ahead in business. Oh, That's Jersey right there in my mind. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Please correct me if I'm wrong but that that is jersey welcome to the co podcast podcast we always talk shit about jersey <laughs> that's the only thing i know about the east coast <laughs> uh,
1: is everyone hates new jersey okay so now that tess is nice and drunk harrison's a little loose she wants to leave the party because she's starting to see co-workers she knows from her old job the chick who always calls her Bess. yeah like what a bitch Like, again, this is perpetuating this whole
0: idea that once a woman gets ahead, they're going to tear down the rest of femininity.
1: I mean, this has happened, I feel. Like, in the real world?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it totally does. It just, it's perpetuated by these things. Right. Which does not help. It's like an image that we have been fighting for, what, 20 years? And it's horrible. Actually, almost 30 years. Mm Mm-hmm. It's totally unhelpful,
1: and it doesn't help your daughters. Think of them. The thing, the Cinderella thing happens where she leaves her purse and he's like, your purse. But then she gives, she comes back and gives him the coat check ticket because she doesn't want to go to coat check because the woman's over there. And she just like, meet me outside and he's got some air. And then he goes out and finds her passed out in the back of the cab. So he takes her to his place and he's just like, she's completely passed out. He is
0: carrying her like a sack of potatoes. Over his
1: shoulder. He literally did carry her, though. That was not a dummy. I know. I was like, damn. Harrison Ford carrying women up and down stairs all the live long day. Damn, Harrison. Damn, Harrison. The next morning, she wakes up before he does and leaves because she's supposed to have her meeting with him today. He is also a man after my own heart because he fell asleep with the television on. Aw. And again, she doesn't know that he's Jack, but she but he knows that she's Tess. Yes. To so the meeting, it throws her off, which I thought was really rude because it throws her off. Yes. When she walks in, I thought that was really rude of him. But then, I mean, but
0: he also wasn't a horrible person and didn't do anything with her.
1: Right. He presen- she she gets to present her idea. Uh, we don't know how it goes uh yet but at work she's complaining to joan this is where joan's wearing too much eyeshadow it's brown black or not black there's like purple and green or something yeah it's but there's also
0: brown in there and it's like over her entire like eyeball (laughs) like it's not just over the lid it's over like up into her eyebrow ish area and possibly over her eyebrows like it is intense it was
1: terrifying um, so Jack shows up, and so Cynthia pretends to be Tess's secretary, and, and Tess is in Catherine's office. Yes. And she wants to know what happened last night, and he says, nothing.
0: Well, he makes a joke that the Polaroids are in his other jacket. Yeah,
1: and he's like, nothing. And he's like, I'm not here to talk about your sex life. <laughs> and he gives her a gift, and it's a briefcase, because she didn't have one. That's so nice. I know, and it's a little, like... part of the club now like she's never needed a briefcase before because she was a receptionist no she has one he's so nice he asked her to dinner and she's just like no this is business gotta be a business relationship no sex so then we go to cynthia's engagement party and there's a pathetically sad alec baldwin there but then after they're drinking a little lady in red comes on and they start dancing yep but then uh after the Part, the bridal party has opened presents. the The crowd like forces uh, Alec Baldwin Mick to propose to Tess. It was awkward, super awkward. So she's just like, maybe she's just being a good sport about it. But he gets hella mad. Yes, doesn't he call her a a slut? He calls her something. I don't know, but she says, "I'm not, I'm not a steak. You can't just order me." Yeah, I liked that line. There's a lot of uh, zingers. In this movie. Then we've got the scene with Harrison Ford changing his shirt. Yes.
0: (laughs) Where we were all the women in the background. Yes. The secretarial pool is behind his office. And the office has these big glass windows and you can see into it. And he hasn't closed the blinds. So he's like been at his office for so long that he's probably slept there. So he's changing his shirt and he like takes a water bucket bath hmm And takes his shirt off, and all the secretaries in the background you see just perk up. And you're just like, yes, Harrison Ford, continue. <laughs> Free I was show. Like, I was like, is he going to take the whole water pitcher and just dump it over him and just do the whole pour some sugar on me? Yes. Yeah, I would pay good money to see Harrison Ford do that. I'd work there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Channing Tatum. It's not something that you ever really asked for, but you really do appreciate it in the end. <laughs>
1: I like when he turns around to face them as he's just, like, walking around. They all start applauding him. Yeah, and he takes a bow. (laughs) (laughs) He knows he's candy. That smirk, man. So Tess comes up with the idea to crash a wedding to meet the CEO Mm -hmm. of Trask. Cynthia is concerned and not being a good friend.
0: No, she wants her to get together with Mick because, like, he's her husband's friend or whatever. And it's like, what?
1: Yeah, it's trying to do, like, this whole don't forget where you came from thing. This isn't going to last. Because what does she say? She says, just because I dance around in my underwear in my apartment doesn't make me Madonna. Yeah. She's trying to be like, you know who you really are. That sort of thing. Which is not a good friend at all. More women conflicting with one another. Yeah. Yeah. So Sigourney calls and she says, I'll be home in a week. I'm having a party
0: in my hospital room. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's trying to feel me up. And I like it. I like how Sigourney rolls. <laughs> I like how the nurse, like when she originally called and the nurse goes to like cover her and she smacks the living
1: shit out of him. Yeah. It's like, what? Nobody touches Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> no one. Not even Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> So Tess has lunch with Jack and he wants an update on the project. And he's getting a little pissy about being left out on all of her plans because he's a partner in this project now. And she's like, fine, we're going to go have this meeting with Trask. And by the time they get there, she's like, by the way, it's not really a meeting. I'm crashing his daughter's wedding. wedding. (laughs) It's a wedding that he is paying for. Let's go. And he's like, what? What? Are you sure this is a good idea? So then they go into the bathroom to, like, hide for a little bit where he goes to the bathroom doesn't wash his hands. Everybody on the internet was all mad about they that. They were very angry about that. Like, 50 posts about him not washing his Nothing hands. Nothing needs 50 posts on an IMDb forum about wa- washing hands. <laughs> Jack kind of sets into motion the ability for Tess to dance with Trask on the dance floor. hmm She's the bomb. Right here, right now, boom. She's just like, hi, this is who I am. This is what we're doing. This is my idea, and this is why it's great.
0: And you are the best human that walked this earth. You're the best businessman to ever do business.
1: Yeah, she was like saying all... She she did her homework. Like She was doing statistics on him and yeah. stuff, and just like everything. She knocked it out of the park. She stroked his ego. She offered up good information, and she had a good idea. So... Mm-hmm. He's like... You can have the meeting Monday morning. Come meet my team. Yeah, and then they jetted out of there because the bride was mad. Because they weren't supposed to be there, and Harrison Ford... We didn't talk about Harrison
0: Ford drinking the drinks, the frou -frou party drinks, where he, like, it's a whole one take of him just standing there drinking every ounce of liquid in one of the (laughs) giant, like, highball glasses, and then he had two... One,
1: both of them were for him. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he's like two. Yeah, and then drowns one, and then the other. Yep. Jack had fun. Jack did have fun. He he went out of there. He's like that was hella fun. Jack was adorable. Let's go crunch the numbers, and then they like look at look at each other all sexually over accounting work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that never happens ever. He's like, it's like this
0: accounting
1: makes me so horny. <laughs> like this number went down from eight percent to six (laughs) percent let's do it
0: (laughs) on these numbers right now i'll give you a good six (laughs) percent
1: i'll give you six percent
0: i don't know it worked in my brain i
1: love it and so sad and I love it. I mean, it better be a good 6%. <laughs> it's Harrison Ford. Mm. 6% of Harrison Ford, I bet, is really good. <laughs> <sighs> so Monday morning, they have their meeting with a couple of jerks who work for Trask. And then it's not going well until Trask calls. And then they're like, okay, we'll continue this meeting with the board at the next later meeting date or whatever. Yeah. And then when they get out of there, they have this big kiss. Oh, yes. That continues all the way to Jack's apartment. With the clothes coming off. Where he gives her the 6%.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dude, when he was taking that shirt off and couldn't get it off. Oh, that was so good. (laughs) Just the rippling muscles in his shoulder blade. I was so down for that. I had to like. (laughs) I'm clutching Sam, (laughs) who
1: was sitting next to me and was just like, damn, Harrison. Okay, so we don't see any real action. There's this uh, post-coital cuddle. Okay, so then she drops the trope bomb. There's something I have to tell you. Now that we've had sex. And then the phone rings. Of course.
0: Because women... You know, they have that thing that happens to him after sex where they instantly attach
1: to the man. And they have to tell the truth. And they have to tell the truth. It's like, um... It's like sperm is truth serum. Okay, okay, okay. The phone call. It's... uh, It's the other woman.
0: Yeah, while he's on top of her.
1: While he's on top of her, he's like, Okay, uh, you too. See you then. Uh, bye. It's Catherine.
0: Catherine.
1: Dun 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 We all knew this. Yep. Yeah. So then there's topless vacuuming. Yes, for some reason. Tess is cleaning up Catherine's apartment cuz Catherine's coming back. Catherine comes back, they're at her place, and then Catherine does the whole thing the com- for some reason the computer's up and the uh, the Trask ideas up on it in uh, Catherine's notes that, you know, the secret notes that Tress wasn't supposed to see. Yes. And Catherine's like, did you see this? And she's like, uh, no. She's like, oh, because you, if you did see this, you would tell me. And, you know, this whole thing, it's just, you can trust me because of this.
0: Trust. She said trust so weird, too.
1: Yeah. She's like, I wasn't going to steal your idea. The way this is worded, it sounds like I'm going to steal your idea, but I wasn't.
0: You can trust me.
1: See, I was going to tell it to Jack, my friend Jack, and he doesn't want to hear it from other colleagues. He only wants to hear it from me. Because he was burned that one time. Right. So that's why it sounds like I'm stealing your idea, but I'm not stealing your idea. She totally totally was. (laughs) Liar! So I like it. Sigourney Weaver's back in the movie. We're moving along. I like it.
0: Yeah, that whole like middle chunk leading up to Sigourney Weaver coming back was
1: really slow. Jack comes over to Catherine's after Tess has prepared her to be all sexy. Mm-hmm. Tess is there. She's staying there to overhear what Jack is going to say to Catherine. And Jack is like, no, 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 we can't. No
0: sexy time. Little Jack doesn't, wa- or no, Big Jack doesn't want to come out and play. <laughs>
1: There's another whoa, meeting for me to go to. Bye. Bye. I like how uh, Catherine's idea of sexy time is saying, let's merge. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Let's merge our accounts, baby. Let's create
0: this merger. Would that mean that a baby would be called a merger? Ah.
1: This is so much sexy accounting. Who knew that accounting was so sexy? Oh, these mergers and acquisitions, people. Damn. I'm going to acquire you. They're getting some. Acquire your little Jack. Oh, gosh. Your 6%. little Jack. 6%. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that 6%. <laughs> so Tess has to run, but she leaves her book there. It's her date planner. Yes. And Catherine, of course, goes through it, and she sees that she's had all these dates with Jack, all these meetings, and a trask meeting today, which is right now. Which I loved that her date planner was written with a calligraphy pen. Yeah, I was supposed, <laughs> I was supposed to say it's perfect calligraphy. <laughs> trask meeting with like little like, swirly dudes. With flourishes <laughs> and, <laughs> and accents. Yeah. She's a good interceptionist. Yes. She's angry. Okay. She calls her a slut. Oh, that slut! Slut shame. Tess goes into the meeting room with all these white guys. Like, knights of the round table
0: white guys. hmm Literally she, at a round
1: table. She's nervous. She tells Jack she's nervous. She's also semi-trying to confront him about the other things that she knows about, but she's just like, whoa, one thing at a time. And he goes, I love you. I love you, too so the meeting is going well everything's going well but then Catherine shows up and she's like this woman is my secretary and she stole my idea i loved how she used the props in this bit yeah like her crutch prop game was so on point oh my god and then when like tess was like you're a liar she's like oh and faints and then gets all the men to like Assist her? Yeah, and give her water. Sit at the table. like So
0: smart. Like, men do have this, like, predisposition to help women.
1: This is brilliant. Yes. Catherine's like, are you going to believe her? She stole my idea. She's my secretary. She's a liar. So Tess says, I'm sorry, like, a million times and just gets up and leaves. Yeah, I
0: didn't quite like this bit.
1: Yeah. Before she does that, though, she does tell Jack, like,
0: I know you're not going to believe me.
1: I know you're not going to believe me, but I'm telling the truth. So, bye. 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 So, then we have another little sad test shots. Yeah, going back to Jersey. Gotta go back to Jersey. Cynthia's wedding. Everybody's got to wear ugly bridesmaid dresses. She looked like Poofy Cinderella. She was Poofy Cinderella. She was Poofy Cinderella, but, like, she was, like, in the Cinderella dress. Yes. Mick has moved on. Tess is back on the ferry again still having ideas all of the ideas she can't stop the ideas she sees things in the paper and she's like paper rain man she is hella smart yeah she is leaving work now she was fired I assumed by Catherine
0: it's like she just like assumes I think that she just was let go
1: mm. And then when she's downstairs in the lobby, she runs into Jack and Catherine, tries to go the other way, but then, like, all of her stuff gets knocked out. Yeah. So. Because that jerk man who didn't stop and help her pick her shit up. What a jerk. Luckily, Jack's there to help her pick her stuff up. And Catherine's like, oh, garbage is here. No, no, like that, but. Jack says he won't go upstairs without Tess because he believes her. Always. And then Trask... Is like, but what's 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 happening? How how are we gonna finish this? And then Chess is like, well, ask Catherine about what was it, how she came up with the idea. Mm-hmm. And so like Trask like jumps out of the elevator, and so the three of them go into another elevator, and so she's able to present how she came up with the idea to Trask. Yes, and then Trask in upstairs in the office. Ask Catherine, how did you come up with the idea? And she just starts floundering. Uh, Well, I, I, I'd I, have to look at
0: my notes. Yeah, Jack, please help me out. I loved that shot of Harrison Ford. Shaking his the, head.
1: Just the smirk mm-mm. with the mm-mm
0: girl. <laughs> I was like, oh,
1: Harrison. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know this was his first lead romantic comedy? Yes. Mm-mm girl. He should have had more. Trask demands that Catherine is fired yeah and that's when um Tess says that line of the no one would listen to me so I had to bend the rules I'm really sorry but this how this is how business this is how anybody was ever going to listen to me and I've got these big ideas and he's like that is great because I have a place for you and gives her a job yeah, he hires her, so at home, Jack makes her a little lunch box. Oh
0: my god, this was the sweetest thing ever. He got a little lunch pail with her initials on it, and he opens it up, and he's like, okay, I've got a sandwich here, I've got some milk money, and here's some Twinkies, and here's some carrots, and here's a note from your from your mom, <laughs> and, <laughs> like, I send you all the kisses, and they're, like, living together, and they're precious, and I love them.
1: yeah and this is this is the part where i was I was crying, crying of the cute, just the whole rest of the movie. I was crying, yes, um, so she goes to the new office, she says her name, and the woman at the front was like, "Okay, just go all the way down to the very end. that's you." So she goes down and she sees this woman in the office, so she sits at the receptionist's desk, she thinks it's hers, and then the woman is like, "Oh, I'm sorry, but I was in your office, and she's just like, "No." <laughs> My office? You said
0: office. You're, like, totally wrong. She gets her own office. I know. And then uh. she, like, immediately calls Cynthia. And we have this lovely, amazing shot of just Cynthia in the secretarial pool in another office building, mm-hmm. raising her hands and is like, She
1: got out! She got her own office! She. I love it. She immediately calls her best friend. Yes. Even I thought though she they was were going to call called Jack. But no, she called her best friend. Yeah, no, that was good. She got her own that, that part to me almost like, oh my god, she got her own office. It's the best thing for her <sighs> in the world. Now as long as she knows her place. She there's big things for Tess.
0: I know. I just I had like this slight feeling of like she achieved her office goal and now they're gonna like try and keep her in her little box.
1: Hashtag office
0: goals. Yep. <laughs> I mean, when I had my first, like, office room, I, like, sent pictures to everyone and was like, look, I have my phone. Look, my name is on the phone.
1: Ooh. Um, so that's the end of the movie. We're going to play a little game called How's My Marketing. I want to start out with, is this a really bad title for a film? Not really. Don't you think of prostitutes? Working girl? No. That's what they call. I'm a working girl. prostitute. I did not know that. It's kind of like Pretty Woman.
0: For me, I don't like mind it. I think it's a decent title, like title
1: wise, as titles go. Uh, I feel like, like the movie, the title like is slightly setting back the feminist uh, move forward. I guess I can see that. Okay. I also want to discuss the French poster for the film. The French poster? Yes. It's okay. similar to the other posters, but the French poster's a little different. Here it is. It's very Harrison Ford looks like a pimp. <laughs> yes. Like all he
0: needs is his Indiana Jones hat like Fedora and he would be a pimp. Why are... why is he like cuddling both of them? I don't know. Like he never even like touches Sigourney Weaver. In this manner, in the movie. I also like how his hand is like cuddling the city and anthropomorphic, like
1: just out there. That's what's different about the French poster. They are hugging New York.
0: (laughs) I just don't understand why his hand is just like on its own. It looks like disjointed from his body.
1: Yeah. So in the poster, we've got Harrison Ford in the middle, hugging the two women, but also hugging the city at the bottom. Yes,
0: (laughs) it's like...
1: Look at all of my world.
0: Look at my little girls. And look at my CT. There's
1: another poster where it has like a, a shot of Melanie Griffith in the top ha- half of the poster where she's just like hanging out looking at the skyline. Mm-hmm. But then like the rest is black. And then like there's this little inset of the three of them. Yeah. But it's like her eyeball is just peeking over the shoulder. Oh, of yeah. The two what of the of hell? Them. I remember seeing that when we first searched the poster stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It It's she's like... She's the villain. Yeah. This looks like Harrison Ford and Sigourney Weaver are a couple, and she's going to single white female. Yes. This whole situation. And in this movie, she's a prostitute. I don't know. Oh, there's a little tagline on this one. For anyone who's ever won, for anyone who's ever lost, and for everyone who's still in there trying what i say thumbs down i am not a fan of that poster no all right now is the time where we rate the movie and we rate it out of five like everybody does on netflix yeah i don't think we've ever explained that no nope, we <laughs> never have 67 episodes of the podcast well now you know i give this movie four miles of hair
0: <laughs> i like that I give this movie three and a half Harrison Ford smirks. Ooh, yours is just sexy. <laughs> so next week we're going to be watching 1997's My Best Friend's Wedding. I I don't, I think like I've seen this movie before, but maybe not. I definitely haven't seen it. I don't know, For part of me is like, you've seen this movie before, and then the other part of me is like, no, you really haven't. You've just seen the movie cover, and you're imagining that you've
1: seen it. <laughs> <laughs> you've probably seen a movie very similar to this. Yes, probably. Because welcome to the rom-com genre. <laughs> welcome, one and all, boys and girls. But hey, we're seeing Julia again.
0: Oh, Julia. Our friend Julia. <laughs> Julia Roberts. Oh, Gary Marshall.
1: RIP. We love
0: you. We miss you. Forever Come back in to our us. Hearts. Yes. Always. So if you like our podcast, you like what we do, you want us to do more, please become a patron of our Patreon. If you want to support the Cutaways Podcast, please go to Patreon.com slash cutaways podcast to find out more. Ooh. For everything else, please go to our website, thecutaways.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as Cutaways Podcast. Please leave us comments, rate us, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. If it's not there, please let us know via any form of social media so that we can fix it. And if you have our phone numbers, just text us.
1: (laughs) How did you get our phone numbers? Sure, we'll, we'll we'll put it on this podcast site. Who is this? Who 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 are you? All right, time to go watch another movie. Oh yeah,
0: we got another one to do. Ready? Okay, okay. we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.